Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Lead us the way of Christ. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Lead us in the way of lament. Over the past several weeks, we've been digging into this concept of the Jesus way. And we've specifically been looking at the teaching that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 5 at the very beginning, what's often known as the Beatitudes. You see, in the Beatitudes, Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of his ways, a picture of God's kingdom here on earth. And so last week, we dealt with the way of trust where he says God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And it's Jesus calling us to be led in the way of trusting him, of of putting our whole self, our whole trust in him, and giving up all of the things that we hold on to in this world. And we looked at the rich young ruler and the parable that Jesus uh, teaches him about how you have to let go of your riches in order to turn that final corner of trusting Jesus. And the rich young man, he struggled with this and he wasn't able to give it up, but he lived all the religious things. He did all the practices that religion told him to do, but Jesus said, you need to trust in me. The way of trust. And this week, we're going to be dealing with the way of lament. In chapter 4 of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You see, Jesus starts with those who place their trust in Jesus and then moves us into the concept of the practice of lament learning to mourn. Now, obviously, Jesus is showing us that things like mourning will be part of the human condition. It'll be part of something that we need to learn to practice. So he says, blessed are those who mourn. And Jesus says, because you mourn, because you mourn, you will be comforted. He doesn't say you might be comforted or you will someday in the future be comforted. He actually says that those who learn to mourn, those who mourn are blessed and they will be comforted. Think about how countercultural that statement actually is. You see, Jesus is giving us a picture of his kingdom and his kingdom includes the practice of lament. Lament is something that I think we've lost in our culture, and it's probably part of the reason why we struggle so much in our culture today. Lament is an important spiritual practice, but yet our culture tells us to be happy, to to get over it. Yet, we live in a world full of difficulty, and tragedy. Our culture pursues happiness, but yet we can't seem to find true happiness. We get so stuck 
So stuck in the the culture of acting happy and pursuing happiness in all kinds of other areas. You know, the times when you say to your friend, how you doing? Are you doing okay? And they're like, I'm fine. And they're not actually, they're not actually fine at all. We put on this face in our culture where we think that we can't be honest with one another because we can't tell them that we're broken, that we're in pain, that we're hurting. Instead, we seek happiness. We seek ways to get rid of the pain instead of accepting it. But you see, Jesus shows us the way to true happiness, the Jesus way leads you to a freedom and a peace that you could never imagine here on earth. Jesus actually tells us to embrace our pain, to notice the brokenness around you, and to mourn. To mourn for people, to mourn for your losses and your sorrows. Embrace your pain and walk through it by learning to lament. This is what Jesus is saying in this beatitude. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Don't avoid mourning. Now, Jesus shows us different ways of lament. And one of the ways that he shows us, so there's tons of lament in the scriptures, especially you go to the Psalms, you go to the book of Lamentations, which is all one big book of lament. A huge portion of the Bible is is all lamenting. Not complaining, not victim mentalities, but lamenting, crying out to God in sorrow and in pain. But Jesus specifically, because in this series we're looking at the ways of Jesus, so we're going to look specifically at what Jesus did as lament. Jesus gives us a few examples of lamenting in the New Testament. And he shows us different ways to practice lament. And and as he looks at the broken world and the effects of sin, Jesus often will turn to lament to the Father. If we jump ahead to Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 to 39, we have Jesus lamenting over the religious leaders and the way that they're teaching the religion and practicing the religion and, and really the way that their oppressiveness Uh, is hurting society through the religion of Judaism. And so Jesus is lamenting about that, saying, woe to you teachers, woe to you scribes. But then he has something that he does that's very interesting. In chapter 23, starting at verse 37, Jesus switches his lament from specific to the religious leaders and specifically begins to lament about the city of Jerusalem. Listen to what he says in chapter 23, verse 37 and on. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus laments out of his frustration, out of his deep sadness, 
about the state of the world around him. And in the context of this passage, he's specifically lamenting about the state of Israel, the state of Jerusalem, and the fact that they've, they've gone against the prophets. They've stoned God's messengers, he said. And he says, I've tried to take you under my wing. I've tried to give you everything that I could, but you didn't receive it. Instead, you went your own way. You did your own thing. And God notices this through Jesus. He says, he cries out, Jesus cries out to God and laments over the state of the world, over Jerusalem. Now, personally, I kind of understand this, not at a level of, of God, obviously, or Jesus, but I used to work in a homeless shelter. And I noticed that a lot of people in this world don't actually notice the brokenness of the world. They only know their, their context. They only know their own personal uh, issues and brokenness, but they don't actually pay a lot of attention to the world. They kind of numb themselves to the world. But I l worked directly with addiction and homelessness. And each day as I worked in the homeless shelter, as I connected with people, specifically men in my case, I learned their stories. I became part of their lives. And when you learn people's stories and you don't ignore the things around you, you recognize the brokenness of our world, the brokenness of the systems and the things that we actually cause, just like Jerusalem, who thought they were doing the right things. Instead, they were causing themselves to be pulled away from God instead of pushing themselves toward God. And I've noticed this about our world. We ignore it and we push away from it. Jesus calls us to be part of people's stories. He calls us to hear the stories of the homeless man on the corner, the stories of the addict that's walking out of the medical or the methadone clinics. Instead of judging, he calls us to be part of their story and to hear who they are as human beings. And when I was working in the homeless shelter, it blew my mind at just how cruel the world actually was and how judgmental and how segregated humanity actually is in the way that we segregate into different classes and the way that we judge these things. And I began to not know where to put that. And I realized very quickly that I needed to lament it to God, that I needed to take the way that I was feeling and I needed to lift it up to Jesus. And I needed to say, Lord, I hate the way the world is around me. And so I would lament every day. I still do lament about these things every day. And this is what Jesus does in this passage. He cries out to the Father, lamenting for the world around him. Folks, as Christians, we need to learn to practice lamenting for the world around us. We'll never make a difference if this world, if we can't learn to lament it to God, to cry out to him, to recognize the brokenness, and to place it at the foot of the cross. Another way that Jesus laments in scripture often is over his own personal circumstances. You have to understand Jesus was fully God, but also fully 
man. And so Jesus understood his circumstances, but he didn't just flip on the the divinity switch whenever something negative was happening. Jesus was literally feeling the pain. It was literally God in the flesh experiencing humanity the way that human beings experience it. And so Jesus at times would lament over his own personal circumstances. In Matthew chapter 26, if we go on in the story, we see that Jesus uh, is predicting Peter's denial, and then off to the Garden of Gethsemane he goes in order to pray. He knows that his death is coming. He knows what the will of the Father is. But we see this really interesting interaction as his disciples aren't even able to stay awake uh, as they watch over him. They're all sleeping under the tree. Jesus says this in verse 39. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground. You see, posture matters. He's on the ground, he's face down on the ground, and he's praying to the Father. And listen to what he says. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. This is Jesus Christ, right? God in the flesh. And he is crying out in lament to the Father saying, I know what's coming, this suffering that I am living in right now and the suffering that is coming of the Roman cross. If at all possible, could you take this suffering away from me? Now listen to something that Jesus does that's really important here when it comes to learning to lament over our circumstances. Jesus says this, yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. You see, we can give our personal circumstances to God. We can lament about our our tragedy, our suffering, our pain, and our personal struggles. We can lament about the world around us and the things that we see. But Jesus teaches us that the Jesus way of lamenting is to give it all to God, but to be praying that his will will be done. In other words, Lord, I will accept your will. I'm not always expecting the circumstances to change. Sometimes they will. Other times they won't but I accept your will because as Christians, we want his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus laments the pain of his circumstances and he tells us that we should too, that it's okay to lament about your own pain, but he also accepts God's will and God's wisdom. And it's important that we do that as well. If you jump over to Matthew 27, when Jesus is now on the cross, and so we see that God didn't change the circumstances, that his mission, that that his, his ministry was to be on that cross for a reason so he could die for you and I. There's a bigger picture here happening. Jesus actually cries out right at the moment of his death, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? 
Why have you forgotten me? Again, he's crying out about his circumstances, but he knows that God's will is being done. But you can still cry out to the Father in lament. It's okay if you feel like God's abandoned you. Embrace that feeling. Embrace the pain and cry out to him and say, Lord, where have you gone? Because he will show himself to you through your lament. Remember, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is a beautiful and freeing practice that many of us Christians have really stopped living in many ways. Instead, we're saturated by our culture of being okay and being happy and compartmentalizing our pain and our sorrow. Yet God is calling you to learn to lament. One of the biggest ways that scripture shows us about lament is specifically lamenting over loss and over death. It's really one of the most common human experiences, the loss, the, 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 the pain and the struggle of loss and death. And Jesus laments over this too. In John chapter 11, we see a story of a friend of Jesus named Lazarus. And Lazarus has gotten sick. And Jesus is aware that Lazarus is sick, but he's also received word that Lazarus is not doing well, that he's like on his deathbed. He's not going to make it. And so we'll pick up the story where Jesus actually arrives. And this is what Jesus witnesses. Lazarus has already passed away. He's dead. Jesus missed it. And we see the mourning that's happening. And the Jews had a whole way of mourning where they would tear their clothes. They would gather together and they would mourn and show their pain and show their sorrow. It's not like us where we're like, oh, we're fine. Everything's good. Let's hide our pain. Let's compartmentalize our sorrow. No, they had a process that they would go through. And so Jesus shows up at that moment when that's happening. And look at chapter 11, verse 33. Listen to what it says. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. You see, he's seeing human brokenness when it's dealing with death. And this is God experiencing humanity. He's experiencing the feelings and the emotions and the things that we go through. And it actually angered him. He welled up in anger and he was deeply troubled by what death does to us human beings. Jesus says, where have you put him? They told him, Lord, come and see. And then a famous passage, the shortest passage apparently in scripture is passage 35 in verse chapter 11 verse 35 where it said then Jesus wept Jesus wept out of sorrow out of pain out of the stress and sorrow of death his only response in that moment was to weep you see how scripture is calling us to embrace our pain to embrace it, accept it, and to walk through it. So they told him, Lord, come and see, and then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much 
he loved him. So it was obvious to the people that the way of Jesus was a way of love. His compassion in this moment, this anger and the sorrow that he's feeling, he's showing it to others. He's not hiding it. This is part of the Jesus way, folks. We need to learn to lament and deal with pain this way, the Jesus way. Now, some were surprised by all of this. It says that some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? First of all, I want you to see a few things. Jesus experienced what death feels like as a human being. It angers him and it causes him to weep. But yet our culture struggles with loss and learning to lament. I've experienced loss as a Christian and I've experienced loss and death before I was a Christian. When I was a teenager, my best friend died in a canoeing accident where several of us went out canoeing and he didn't come back. The canoe was capsized and he drowned and we looked for him for days at search parties and all kinds of trauma and things like that. And I didn't know as a young teenager, 15 years old, I didn't know how to deal with the, the, what was going on, the loss, the pain. I'd never dealt with death at this point in my life. I'd never even lost a grandparent. And so I didn't know what to do with it. But it's interesting because I did grow up around the church, not specifically in the church, but I was like, God, if there is a God, if you are there, I'm angry with you. I don't understand this. And and I just lamented to him and I didn't even realize it, but I compartmentalized my pain and my suffering and I put on a brave face and I got super good at that. I lost three other friends in high school before I was ever a Christian and I just didn't know what to do with it. So I just stuck it in a box and I sealed the box up and I learned to be resilient and I learned to to numb the pain. And sometimes you would do that in ways that were not productive ways at all. But I didn't know what to do. I've also experienced the loss of my father. But the difference of that was was I understood and already knew how to practice lament in my life. You see, when I became a Christian, the box that I had had packaged up of the loss and the suffering and the pain that I experienced as a teenager, it began to seep, it began to open up. And thank goodness that the Lord had found me because he taught me through his scriptures and through other Christians in my life that I actually needed to open that box up and I needed to project all of the pain and all of the suffering up to Jesus. That I needed to learn to embrace my pain, to walk through my sorrow, and to lament to God so that I could be comforted. And so when my dad died, it was one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with at this point in my life. But I was able to take it and give it to Jesus. Lament and cry out to him about the pain and the loss that I was feeling. You see, mourning death and loss is the most important thing that you will ever do in your lifetime here on earth. 
And the problem is, is that we don't do it well because our culture says we need to be strong. We need to, to, to avoid pain as much as possible. But scripture says, embrace it and walk through it. Now, there's something interesting that happens in this narrative about Lazarus, and often people focus on the miracle of it. But I want to point something out that I think this passage is alluding to much differently. If we look at this narrative, Jesus' friend dies, and Jesus walks through the sorrow with everybody else, but the story, it isn't over. Remember, the Beatitude says that he will bring comfort to those who mourn, and they're mourning. If we look, it says Jesus, in verse 38, was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus said. But Martha, the the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. You see, we focus on the miracle. And often in the midst of our pain and our sorrow, we pray for the miracle. And that's good. That's exactly what we should do. But remember the Jesus way is to cry out in lament about the pain and suffering, but to pray that God's will will be done. So, if we mourn and lament to God and we face our pain head on, what scripture actually says is that Jesus can turn our pain and suffering into joy. And that's what he does in a miraculous way in this story. Lazarus comes back to life. He restores those who are mourning and he brings back their joy. Now, it doesn't always happen in a healing way, but he promises us that he will comfort us. He heals the brokenhearted as he restores our lives when we mourn and when we walk through pain. This, folks, is the beauty of the practice of lament. We face our pain rather than boxing it up and pretending like we're okay. And then Jesus will walk us through our pain and move us to joy. Don't miss this in the Lazarus story. He's showing us that even though we're walking through pain, even though we're having times of sorrow and we think it could be the most difficult thing we've ever dealt with in our lives, He says, I'm right here, walking with you, ready to bring back life. This is the imagery of the narrative of Lazarus. He's showing us a picture of what he's about to do on the cross. You see, the cross restores life. And Jesus gave up his life so that we could have eternal life. And so we mourn death, but yet on the cross, Jesus conquered evil and death by raising from the grave. 
No more death. No more pain. That is the promise of the kingdom of God. So in this life, we have to learn the practice of lament to help us walk through pain by crying out to God. But his goal is to restore us by grace back to life. So when we mourn, we walk with him through the pain. But when we avoid mourning and we just throw it in a box and act like everything's okay, we're not walking with him. We're trying to deal with the pain on our own. And so walk with him and he'll bring you comfort because he knows exactly how you feel. Jesus lost his best friend but brought him back to life so that he could give up his life to bring us back to life. He brings us comfort because he knows how we feel. Folks, the practice of lament connects us to Jesus and Jesus connects us to the cross and the cross brings us back to joy. So today, let me encourage you to face your pain, to choose the way of lament, and to wait as God brings you comfort. We live in a broken world. We all know this, we experience it in our own lives, and we see it all around us. But sometimes we struggle to know what to do with the pain and the brokenness. And so we distract ourselves or we try to find ways to numb it or we just tuck it away and pretend like it doesn't exist. But Jesus shows us the way of lament. He invites us to face our brokenness and our suffering with honesty, to cry out to God in the midst of our pain and our loneliness. When we allow ourselves to be real with God about our pain, We can experience his presence and his comfort and ultimately his healing and his restoration in a powerful way. So this morning, we're going to make some space to hold our brokenness before God and to invite him into those situations. I'm going to invite you to take your left hand and to open it up as a symbol of holding the situation before God and then to reflect on this question. When you look at the world, what breaks your heart? What grieves you? What makes you sad? Take a moment to name that before God and to hold the situation before him. And now hold open your right hand and name an area of brokenness in your own life. Where in your life do you feel loneliness, sadness, disappointment, or pain? Take a moment to hold that situation before God. And now as you hold both of your hands open, invite God to meet you in these places of brokenness. Remind yourself of his presence. Receive his love. Receive his grace. Receive his comfort. Receive his peace. And know that God hears your cries and is present with you in all of those areas of pain and brokenness. We're going to close this morning with a prayer of lament. 
And we're gonna pray this prayer together. After each section, I'm gonna invite you to join me in saying, Lord, have mercy. Let's pray together. Lord of compassion, we pray for all those caught up in the midst of tragedy or disaster, for those who have lost life and those working to save life, for those who are worried for people they love, for those who will see their loved ones no longer. Lord, have mercy. For those in need of peace that passes all understanding, for all who turn to you in the midst of turmoil, for those who cry out to you in fear and in love, Lord, have mercy. For those in confusion and those in despair, for those whose tears are yet to dry, for those in need of your unending love, Lord, have mercy.